All right. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, first and foremost, I want to say thank you to Mount Zion and Arabia for inviting us. Uh, all the great hospitality. It has been a while since we've had a, a conference in person. Uh, Never forsake yourself the assembling of together, as the scriptures tell us this, uh, because we are blessed through that. The New Testament Baptist Church of Inverness, Florida, sends its love and its appreciation for, for you all, and uh, uh, you're always welcome. Anytime you're in Florida, stop by. We're, we're, everybody's welcome. So uh, we, we deeply appreciate it, and we thank you. As I've been listening to uh, these... Uh, messages, uh, and as Brother Lynn and he, uh, Larry and have brought out, and, and Brother Ron, it's all the gospel. It's all the good news. And, and I think that's important that we remember what the gospel uh, means. Gospel means good news. And it's great news, wonderful news about our Lord and Savior. And everything He has done, is doing, and will do for us. Uh, I hope it brings joy to your heart just to sit back and think about that. Think about how much you're loved. Have always been loved. Been loved before the foundation of this earth. And always will be loved. Uh, and how much He is sovereign, in control, can do all things, and you're on his mind all the time. Uh, that's great news, brothers and sisters. That's great news. And, and all the messages have been centered around that, about the great news. I think about uh, Brother Paul in the book of Acts, how he says he was going about all through Macedonia and all through Asia Minor uh, and, and the provinces of Rome preaching the gospel, preaching the good news. Uh, preaching about the great and wonderful news that God has came in the flesh and all your other ways, if you thought you needed to worship God to become righteous, they're all gone. What I'm giving you is freedom. And that's what I'd like to talk about this morning is the freedom that, that Jesus Christ has brought us. Turn with me if you would to... Uh, the book of John, the 8th chapter. Familiar verses. Uh, you know, as, as speakers, we don't bring anything new. Uh, uh, it may be new to your ears, but it's been spoken before. We don't have anything new. All we have is just a wonderful <laughs> menu to choose from, <laughs> to, to speak on. But John, the 8th chapter. Getting this chapter, if you remember, is when they brought the woman into adultery, brought her in to be accused, and Jesus told them, you know, whoever's without sin, cast the first stone. And then after that, the Jews gathered up and started to accuse Jesus and tell him, all you do is brag on yourself. You just speak about yourself. And Jesus said, I don't speak about myself. I... Uh, me and my father are one in all this. 
And he gave a great explanation. And some believed on him through the words he was speaking. His power to convince, and it's still the same power today. Jesus' words are irresistible. They will strike at the very soul of you and show you how great He is. And the ones that believed on Him, He tells, starting here in the 31st verse, He says, Then Jesus said, or then Jesus to those Jews which believed on Him, If you continue in My word, then you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Maybe them words don't sink into maybe us like they may have sunk into some of the Jews at that time. I, I think it's hard for us who've never been under the law to understand how burdensome the law was to most of these Jews. The law dictated what you can eat, when you could eat it, and how you were to eat it. The law dictated how you were to dress, how you were to groom yourself. The law dictated every aspect of your life, when you were to pray, when you were to sleep, when you were to work. The law did all these things. And I'm not trying to, 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 to preach down on the law. The law is God's law. But the Pharisees and the Jews had twisted it up so much that, that it really laid burdens upon the ordinary person at that time that Jesus was speaking to. We have a lot of freedoms in this world, but we really don't understand how they were burdened. They were burdened through religion. They were burdened by, as, as Brother Lynn brought out this morning, about the Romans occupying them, telling them where they could go, when they could go, and how they were to go. And that would mean something simple as them going to worship God. So these were burdensome people. They had a yoke of bondage upon them, Brother Ron. And here Jesus is telling them, I'm going to set you free from this. I'm going to set you free. The truth shall set you free. The truth, from the Greek word aletheia, which means a fact, the reality. Certainty. It also means my favorite definition of what God has proclaimed. That is the truth. When we read this verse, we see the word free. Eleothero. Which means to liberate. To make exempt, to deliver, to set at liberty. So here Jesus was telling them, I'm going to liberate you. I'm going to set you free. 
I'm going to set you at liberty. What was he telling them? That his truth was going to set them free from. And free from what? I think that's a fair question to ask. Turn with me to Romans, the sixth chapter, if you would. And are we set free from these same things today? Romans, the sixth chapter, and the third verse. For if a man think of himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. Here, I'm in Galatians, not in Romans. Well, you guys need a new preacher. That is a good verse, by the way. So, Romans, the sixth chapter. There we go. The third verse. I thought, how am I going with this? Know ye not that as many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into His death? And when we were all baptized, set into the church, baptized into Jesus' death, something has died. Something has been... Death means separation. Something has been separated. Therefore we are buried with Him and by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in likeness of death, we shall be also in likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. We're baptized. We're baptized in the likeness of Jesus' death. In other words, something had to die. And that death is us serving sin. Us living for sin. We're all guilty of it. We are all under its control. And I'm talking about our fleshly man. Jesus Christ has set us free from that. We no longer serve sin. We no longer go about, Brother Ron, I think you brought it up, to be like Eve was being tempted in the garden. To be like God's. To serve ourselves, to to think about ourselves highly. That's really what it boils down to with sin. It's thinking about ourselves. 
If you're a murderer, you're murdering something because it pleases yourself. If you steal something, you're stealing something because you're pleasing yourself. We've been made free from that. And that is the gospel, brothers and sisters. That is the good news. We've been made free from that. Now, the eighth verse, Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe also that we shall live with Him, knowing that Christ raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over Him. For in that He died, He died unto a sin once, but in that He liveth, He liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed from sin, but alive unto God through Christ Jesus our Lord. Alive unto God. I sit back and, and I hear these wonderful messages that God is giving us. And that does make me alive into God. I'm alive because I think about how much He loves me. How much He loves you and how much we see in each other God. And all the wonderful things that He has done for us. That He would send His Son to pay the price that we owed to bring us to Him. And that this has always been His plan. And that His Son and Him brought this plan to fruition. And that how much you love that He has designed this wonderful kingdom for you. And He is going to set you in that kingdom. And you're going to be part of His royalty. He is going to get rid of that old body that your spirit, your soul now resides in and give you a brand new one. One that will never have aches or pains or sorrows or wants or needs. Ones that'll, one that will be perfect just like Jesus' new glorified body is perfect. He is going to do all this for you. But He has made you also free from the thing that kept you from going to have this stuff. Which is sin. I think we're here at the 12th verse. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you shall obey in the lust thereof? And I'll ask a question, brother, how could you? If you've been changed, if now you have the understanding of the beautiful, the, the beauty of Christ, the, uh, the wonderfulness of Him, why would you ever want to go back to it? Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God, that those that are alive from the dead and your members 
as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Here he uses the word law. What is the law? Or better, what is sin? Have you ever thought about what is sin? Sin simply means missing the mark. Comes from the Greek word hamaratia. Means missing the mark. Not meeting God's standard or His laws or His commandments. So how do we define sin? Well, you define sin, God's made it pretty easy to look at His law. The do's and don'ts in His laws. That will define sin for you. Thou shall not kill, thou shall not steal. That defines sin. You've been made free from it. You've been made free from it to have to keep it to become righteous. You hear that word a lot, righteous. What does righteousness mean? What does righteous mean? Righteous simply means to be accepted by God. Acceptable by God. You have been made righteous. You are accepted by God. All because of love. All because of love that Jesus came and bore them sins upon His shoulders and nailed them to the cross. That that middle wall of partition can be broken down and you and God could come together again. You have been made free. You don't have to try to keep your righteousness. And you never could keep your righteousness. You never could make your own self righteous that that wall would come down. There was only one way for it to happen. That God would send His only begotten Son to tear down that wall. Moving over to Romans 8 chapter. And this is what I love. We see about this sin, the sin that destroyed us, the sin that kept us from God. And then we see the love of God that He would send His Son to fix that sin problem. And this is what happened. Romans 8 chapter, the first verse. There is therefore now no condemnation to them, that, to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. There is no condemnation. You're not condemned anymore. 
all because of this one called Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. He has made you free indeed. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sent in His own Son in likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. We're not out here trying to serve our flesh. And he's using words here that to some may seem kind of flesh, spirit. We'll even hear the word soul. All three of them have different meanings. And sometimes they can be confusing, especially soul and spirit, because sometimes they are kind of used as the same word. But other times they're not in the Scriptures. That's why we have the Holy Spirit to lead God and direct us and show us the difference. Our spiritual person is perfect. It has been born again, made perfect. It can no longer have sin. But boy, our flesh does. And our soul can. Our soul can have things that aren't right with God. Our soul is our, for a better term, maybe our thoughts, our thinking. You can think sinfully. But our spiritual person can't. Our spiritual man cannot. Because it's of God. It was born of God. Fourth verse again, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I love that, Brother Gene, peace. I don't think you can have peace unless you have been made free. See, I don't have to do this, do that. I don't have to wear the right clothes, comb my hair the right way. I don't have to do this or that to be right with God. Because if I did, there would be no peace in that. And neither do you, brothers and sisters. You have been made free. Christ has took that burden away from you. And He nailed it to the cross. 
I think it's Matthew 11th chapter. And I remember, it's been a few years ago, Ronnie, you, you, you delivered a great sermon on this. And I don't want to give you too much credit because I know where the sermon came from. And like you said, if, if it was up to our <laughs> intellect, we wouldn't have much up here to say. <laughs> but it came from God. But Christ here telling us in, in Matthew 11 chapter and the 28th verse, Come unto me, all you that are labor and, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest to your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. We have been made free. We don't have a bunch of burdens laid upon us. Simply believe in Christ and Him crucified. Christ and His works. Simply believe that His blood that was shed was good enough to pay for everything. And there's nothing left for you to pay. Seems pretty simple, doesn't it? But yet out in this world, they will teach you a whole bunch of different things. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. You've got to act a certain way. You've got to be at a place at a certain time. You've got to kneel down to these statues. You've got to wear these beads. You've got to do all these things. Because God can't do it all. Well, you better pray to this person because God is so busy that he can't hear everybody's prayers, that he has to assign certain work to other people to handle it for him. That teaching's out there, brothers and sisters. No, all you have to do is have faith that the blood that Jesus Christ applied for you was enough to pay for everything. That's why we preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified. It's so simple. But the adversary has been talked about. Satan, the devil, has twisted it so much. And the world has fallen for it. But they can't understand it because it's not revealed unto them. God has to reveal it to them. It's like they turn with me to Acts the 15th chapter. Acts 
very on in the beginning stages of the church. You had people who were trying to put people back under the law. That they had to be circumcised. That they had to keep these commandments. They had to wear these right clothes. They had to do all these things. Yeah, Jesus Christ came, but you've got to do this too. Listen to what Peter told them in Acts the 15th chapter when when the report got back to them that there there were some in, in some of these churches that were trying to put him back under the law. Acts the 15th chapter in the 7th verse. And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said to them, Men and brethren, you know that a good while ago, God made the choice among us that the Gentiles by the mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. God made that decision. God's the one who made them believe. And God which knoweth the hearts bear them witness, giving unto them the Holy Spirit even as He did unto us. And put no difference between them or us and them purifying their hearts by faith. Now therefore why tempt ye God and put a yoke upon their neck of the disciples which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear. But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ we shall be saved even unto this day. Put a yoke, a bondage around their neck that we weren't able to bear. Why do you think they would be able to bear it? But yet, that same yoke of bondage is still out there today. But you've been made free from it. We read it in the church of Galatia which Paul, through the Spirit of God, wrote unto them because they had went back trying to keep the law. And Paul wrote to them and said to them in the fifth chapter of Galatians, in the first verse, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of the righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ neither 
circumcision available for anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Agape. Agape, as it says in the Greek, unconditional love, the love of God. I like how you explained it this morning, Brother Ron and, and Brother Larry, that word charity, that gift, unconditional gift, un unconditional love. It's un You can't do anything to earn it. You can't do anything to receive it and to keep it. It's unconditional. But Paul wrote to the Galatians that if, if you're going to keep the law, if you think doing, keeping your own righteousness is going to get you there, then why do you need Christ? Why do you need Jesus? Go ahead, be in your own burdens. Be, be under bondage again. No, we've been set free. We've been set free from that. And why? Out of love. Out of love. He has always loved you. He does love you. And He always will love you. Usually don't do this, but I'm going to read the same scriptures, uh, Brother Lynn. You read this morning, Romans the eighth chapter. I think we're both going to close with the same few verses. You've been made free. You didn't deserve to be free. You're no better off. You're no. You're not a better person than anybody else that's ever been born in this world. You are sinful creatures. You, you're dirty. You're as filthy rags. Uh, there's no righteousness in you. They're totally deprived. God still loves you, and He sent your Son. He sent His Son to make you free from that. And he promises you'll never, you'll never be separated from him in that love. Romans 8, 35th verse, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And I read this and I and I Paul's asking a good question. Who who can separate us from the love of Jesus Christ? And he goes on to say, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? That's a lot of things there. If you're being persecuted or, or you're under a bunch of tribulations, uh, you're in troubling times and you're in need and is that the time you're going to be separated from Christ and His love? 
Or you're destitute. You don't have anything. You're naked. Is that the same time that you may be separated from Christ and His love? Or peril of sword? Or even death? As it is written, 36 verse, as it is written, for they that... For thy sake we are all killed all day long. We are all counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. <laughs> yeah, you're counted as sheep for the slaughter. This world will tear you up. It will tear you up and spit you out. No, but for with Christ, we're more than conquerors of it. That's peace. Doesn't matter who your politician is, who your ruler is. It could be your spouse, could be your ruler. <laughs> it could be a relative that's your ruler. It could be your body that's your ruler, telling you you have to do this and that and that, or it's going to give you pain. And all these things may distract, but you're still loved. For Paul says, or I, I'll, I don't like to say for Paul says, for God says in the 38th verse, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height, nor debt, or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What is mentioned there means not only angels can't separate you from it. Nobody can separate you. You can't even separate your own self from it. from the love of God who sent His Son to make you free. That you will have a relationship for, with Him forever. That you will always be loved by Him forever. And He has great plans for you. And it's all out of love. As Brother Larry read this morning in 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, the greatest of these three is love. All the prophets, all the law, it all hinges on love. His love for you. You are always going to be loved. And you are always going to be His. And you can never do anything, and nor should you believe anybody tells you that you have to do anything. You will never be separated from that love. Jesus Christ has set you free. Thank you for uh, the opportunity to come up and speak to you.
uh, it, it's been a pleasure. So I'll turn it back over to Brother Gene. Thank you, Brother.